0: It's Money Talk with James Ross, and it's now coming up to 18 minutes to nine. And in Your Money Today, Karen Wright is going to take a look at the advantages companies can gain from helping to break the glass ceiling. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. Yeah. And again, I'm joined by Eleanor Coleman, who is Principal Partner and Founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place to continue our regular discussion series on how we can all be empowering ourselves better. And this time we're taking a look at diversity, equity and inclusion. Good to speak to you again, Eleanor.
1: Good morning, Carolyn. How are you? Are you I, keeping warm?
0: I am just about warm enough. I've heard the studio over there is toasty warm, so that's it good. It is toasty warm and I have a cup of
1: tea, so we're all good. Excellent, <laughs>
0: excellent. So let's take a dive into this. So can you tell me first off how that concept of diversity, equity, inclusion has evolved in the workplace recently?
1: Yeah, so it's essentially when women went to work, there was always talk of a glass ceiling in the 80s. And then um, this is sort of being extrapolated out looking at gender quotas and leadership development for women but also looking at the LGBT plus community. It's looking at people who have neurodiversity and how they can feel included but also how they can lead to increased innovation, increased engagement, increased pro- productivity and and basically um, by having a belonging environment. Uh, so diversity is quite a simple, simple idea of the demographic gra- demographics of your workplace. Equity is giving everyone fair and equal access. Inclusion is treating everyone fairly, but the belonging side of things is about the employee experience and the customer experience of feeling accepted in the workplace and accepted by the company.
0: So actually, we we now have a a kind of term, the D-E-I-B, haven't we? So everyone's used to hearing D-E-I and now we're getting D-E-I-B. So what role does leadership play in driving these kind of initiatives and making them sustainable?
1: Well, we've got to set the tone at the top. It's got to be something that purveys down the whole of the company. I mean, we were just listening to uh, James talking in the, in the news and it was talking about that Hong Kong is a major listing area with over 4 trillion in the last year. So as of the end of 2024, for example, we have to have at least one woman on each board of a listed company. So adding quotas like that and mm mm-hmm making it quite obvious that Hong Kong and the companies and people in Hong Kong are behind gender equity and uh, DEIB can lead to um, a lot of people championing and then um, with leadership they should establish clear goals and metrics and targets related to this um, and advocate and allocate resources including funding and time and personnel to support the DEIB initiatives.
0: So would you say that includes things like mentoring to really help people develop who who might not have the confidence to otherwise realise that they do have the skills required?
1: Yeah, there's mentoring and mentoring can go both ways. So you can have mentoring up and down. So you can have leaders mentoring uh, people who are less um, further along in their career, but you can also have people who are mentoring their leaders and mentoring up to the more senior executive staff and giving them the feedback about What is available and what isn't and how they can make changes that they might not see on a daily basis that can lead to a better and happier workplace and and, a a much more profitable um, company structure, but also with a lot more hiring and retention, um, uh, um, keeping it going.
0: I think that's really important, isn't it, is the retention of, of, of good people and and the right people. Yeah, one of the things
1: that uh, happened in COVID is a lot of people had a sort of collective empathy for the, the, the trials and tribulations of bringing up children and suffering with anxiety and all of those different things. And now that we're back in work, it's, it's good to be able to keep that collective empathy and, and understand that not everyone has the same family situation. Uh, we need to look at things like paid time off and family leave, but paternity, maternity leave, adoption leave, but also we, we need to be very cautious not to lose out to places like Singapore, which are enacting rules and laws to make things more equitable. And so we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're attracting the right talent uh, and really pushing forward.
0: So, so let's dive into that a little bit more as well, like the potential challenges and obstacles companies face in their efforts to to break the glass ceiling. It sounds like, you know, certain places, you mentioned Singapore there, are really driving that home. So so what need, else needs to be done and what challenges are there? Well,
1: there's a lot of um, companies and countries that have, uh, especially in APEC, that have been um, raising their game. So, for instance, Japan has raised employment quotas for um, subsidies uh, to hire companies. Uh, individuals with disabilities there's wage subsidies in Hong Kong um, and there's a a work orientation and placement scheme which uh, provides pre-employment training Um, in terms of LGBTQ+, a lot of the APAC regions have shown varying levels of progress. Hong Kong is catching up but slowly and I think we've had quite a lot of uh, very big legal battles that have been well publicised but these have um, failed to trickle down as quickly as it was sort of hoped to to actual legislative change and change in attitudes. So in terms of um, looking at the glass ceilings and looking at uh, what companies can do, they can look at their unconscious biases, they can look at stereotypes, they can um, enact programs where they, they have data and metrics and can show that their company is evolving to be more like the generalized population and Um, They're taking into consideration all people when they're looking at hiring and um, looking at their, their talent pipeline.
0: So let's look finally at the economics of this. And when a company does address these issues and it does get it right, what benefits can that bring to them
1: financially? Well, I think it's, uh, it's very important to have increased innovation. If you have a lot of people who have different ways of thinking, you end up with increased innovation. People think differently. They can bring new ideas to the table, new ways of managing things. Um, you also get increased engagement and productivity, and people are a lot more loyal to their companies if they feel like they belong there. If you feel like um, a square peg in a round hole, the loyalty that you will have for your company is, is limited. Um, and you end up um, with with people who who job hop a lot more to find their place where they they feel belonging, belonging and safety. Um, there's a lot um, in, the, in the in the sort of markets about this at the moment. There's a lot about how resisting change and lack of awareness um, can really impede progress, and uh, there, there just needs to be a lot of change management. And I think um, COVID really pushed that forward in terms of the evolution of how people work and how people can belong.
0: Fascinating. I love that, the conclusion of the sense of belonging being so important. Thank you once again for joining me today. That's Eleanor Coleman, who is Principal Partner and Founder of the Financial Empowerment Group at St. James Place. Thanks, Carolyn, and uh, thanks, (laughs) Eleanor.